Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with Eddie's co-host, Hayward Evans. And we have a special guest today, council member, county council member, Larry Gossett. Are you there? Hello. Hello, Welcome how are you? Larry today? Gossett. I'm glad you could catch up with us. Thank yeah, you very much I'm for opening up the program. So yeah, well, you're actually, you know what today is, was uh, the funeral of our esteemed civil rights leader, John Lewis. And uh, we know that you had a personal relationship with John Lewis. We saw you on Channel 7 a couple of weeks ago. And we just like to have you take some time to share your John Lewis story, how you first met him, and how you guys went marches together. That's what people would like to hear today. All right. Uh, first of all, I like to tell people, because I'm kind of proud of this, uh, John Lewis and I were born on the same day, February 21st. And every time we got together, and we would get together about once every two years, I would say out of the last 15 years, and we we would just tease each other about our birthday and, and serving the people. Um, but I first met him uh, when I was in Vista, Eddie, in New York City, in uh, around April of 1967 at uh, um, a big anti-war, because he was against the war even before Martin Luther King Jr. came out against it. And I don't know if you've been reading some of these stories. In 66 and 67 out there, he was eased out of SNCC. Um, he lived in New York City. So I marched with him, and I met him on that occasion, and we became friends because I got my start in Seattle SNCC also in 1967. When I got back home from uh, uh, Vista, the first thing I did was join SNCC. So John and I have been uh, comrades in the struggle for a very long time. That's what I want to say. And uh, your early contact with John Lewis, we also know you were a esteemed leader of the University of Washington Black Student Union that also occupied the president's office on behalf of uh, uh, black students uh, to be able to allow to get in, as well as I think you advocated for black faculty administration as well. So how much of that role did uh, John Lewis contact uh, play in that, that your decision-making position once you uh, entered the University of Washington? Uh, I talked to John in 1968, right before we sat in. Uh, he was still transitioning. He wasn't really in no specific organization. He just encouraged us. Uh, but what I'd like to bring up now, and you're also associated with this, Eddie, is that we were able, um, at the end of the struggle, to rename this county in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., uh, which uh, began at the 1999 uh, Martin Luther King celebration tribute that the grassroots citizens of uh, Seattle and King County always put together in, in his honor. And at that one, yeah, you put the, a question to Larry Gosser, when are we going to visibly name this county after Dr. King? And then what we should do is change the symbol of the government from an imperial crown to the image of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
and the crowd went wild. And, and as you know, we started to uh, struggle and got thousands and thousands of people that signed petitions. And we went down to the state legislature every year to get it done because I found out uh, that even though in 1986 the King County Council nominally uh, renamed the county after Dr. King, but they did not have the authority to do that. And as you now know, by 2005, it took us six years, we got the uh, Senate, the House, and the governor to sign off on it. And then in 19, I mean, in 2007, excuse me, about a year and a half later, we got the King County Council uh, to uh, unanimously adopt a new logo. And that's, this stuff is not easy. Uh, but what I want to quickly say is that I think, yeah, you know this, we tried to get Dr. one of Dr. King's, I think, yeah, three kids, or maybe it was, yeah, it was his three of his kids alive. We tried to get other civil rights leaders, and eventually John Lewis was the only uh, national civil rights leader uh, that we got to come out and pay homage to what we did in renaming the county after Dr. King. And I think he did that 2008, 2009. And he just loved all the things he saw in the King County Courthouse that reflected Dr. King. But as everybody talked about this morning and have been talking about since he uh, died, Eddie, he was, even when he, he was humble, it didn't make any difference to you, Republican, a Democrat, uh, one of the boys in the hood, the homeless on Third Avenue. I noticed when I was walking, when he would stop and talk to everybody, and everybody from every class in our community in Seattle had either seen or heard of them and or heard of him and were really gracious and asked for pictures when he would stop in. Uh, talk to him. So I wanted to have the opportunity to reinforce his humbleness and his and and his cor- uh, courageousness. And I like the fact that everybody started pointing out him as our latest, very broadly supported founding founding father. In the sense that he uh, pushed us as a nation to get closer to uh, not only professing professing, but practicing, beginning to practice what America's always preached, and that's brotherhood, love violence, uh, uh, nonviolence, I didn't say love violence, nonviolence, and uh, mutual respect for people from all walks of life. Like you said in the New York Times this morning, black, uh, Asian, uh, Latino, Native American, uh, Pacific Islanders, white people, uh, he said, "We got that's what we need, that kind of unity to, in order to create the beloved community that he and Martin Luther King have consistently uh, talked about. He just was an exemplary hero for the American public, Eddie. I want to see if I hear what Evans, my co-host, have any questions or comments. Uh, yeah, thank you, Councilman Gossett, for being here with right. us. You know, I, I read that article, too, when he said redeem the soul of America for, for our listenership. How would you interpret that? Redeem the soul of America. Uh, um, 
the Southern Christian Leadership Conference under Martin Luther King was the first national organization uh, that adopted as as uh, their, I don't know, the, what character. They said that this organization uh, has been developed and will continue to live. And our primary purpose is to serve the soul, uh, save the soul of America. I think what John Lewis, as well as Martin Luther King, meant by that is that we live in a country that has never gotten very close uh, to practicing the ideal that all men and women are created equal and ought to have the right to pursue happiness in an equitable fashion and ought to have all uh, the services that a government as rich as ours uh, can provide to everybody uh, at uh, birth, you know, decent school, decent housing, de- decent health care. Uh, and I think that's why he, in his last article that he knew it was going to be his last article because he asked them not to print it until after he passed. Um, I think it's really relevant. We still made progress, particularly under his leadership, Dr. King, our namesake's leader. Um, uh, but we still haven't achieved the revolutionary transformation that is needed in America. I think that's why President, I was surprised that uh, President Obama was so uh, effective and hard on doing the kinds of things in tribute of, uh, to um, uh, John Lewis and other great civil and human rights leaders that have passed, that it's up to us to pick up the gauntlet gauntlet, particularly the use of all races in this country and move us uh, closer uh, to becoming the beloved community and get us closer to being able to save the soul of this nation, getting closer to what we ought to be about as a rich, powerful, multiracial agency that gets us closer. The nonsense that uh, uh, 45 was talking this morning will not get us closer uh, by saying that I might put off the election for a year or two. He doesn't have the power to do that. Or like he said yesterday, oh, I'm going to make sure no poor people live in suburban America. You, you don't, they'll, they'll create crime and everything else. And everybody, even white people, Eddie, know that he's talking about, I'm going to keep the Negroes from uh, being able to move in your neighborhood, so y'all should vote for me. But it's not going to work because of the kind of leadership that men like John Lewis have been providing in our nation over the last 50 years. Well, uh, Councilman Gossett, I just want to thank, thank you for your time and your all the time and effort you put in the struggle for the last, oh, well over 50 years. But yeah. I just want to thank uh, uh, in terms of uh, John Lewis, the last time we spoke was uh, during the Black Caucus uh, in last September, which we will not have this year. And uh, I, I was discussing with him. Work for I was caucus. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And she'll be on right after you. But I, you. I was discussing with him about how African descendants of the United States enslaved get true equality immediately. And uh, Hayward knows I've been floating this idea about having a federal designation 
for African descendants of United States enslaved. It would have a department in every federal agency geared to just addressing our needs and including a black business administration, Congressman Waters over all the financial institutions. He said she can definitely make a bank work. So that was the last conversation I had with him, although I floated that past a couple of other uh, members of the Congressional Black Caucus. But as a local, as a past, a former local elected official was still an advocate, what do you think about having a federal designation for our 400 years of building this joint for free, as Angela Rye would say? I would be what is your feeling? absolutely uh, um, supportive of it as a, you know, elected official of 25 years, but equally important as a community activist for 55 years. Uh, uh, that would be important. But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the white power structure and some Negroes uh, are going to resist it because they're going to say it sounds like reparations or... Well, no, that's that's uh, just before. No, we do that first. And then right. they'll we, say that's affirmative action, and they'll no, no, it. no, 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 no. This here is paying. So? This is paying for. Uh, uh, no, this is paying for uh, two hundred fifty years of slavery. But anyway, uh, Angela's on the line. Eric, would you put Angela on the line so she can say hi to her cousin's husband? Hello. Hey there, uh, Larry Goss is on the line. He's, Okay. Larry, I just want to say hi to, to Angela. I just want to, I'm just, I just hi, want to Larry. Hi to you. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. We'll talk more when you're in your old hometown again, okay? All the time. All right. there soon. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Eddie, thanks for giving me a few minutes. Okay. Well, thank you. I mean, hey, we want to thank you as well. So, Angela, we got a chance. We got a chance to see you on CNN today and know that you were a former executive director of the Russian Black Caucus and had a lot of interactions with uh, Congressman John Lewis. We'd just like to have you share some of your memories of working with and uh, any inspiration that Congressman Lewis gave you. Sure. So really quickly, I think everybody spoke to Mr. Lewis's um, desire for us to go out into the world and to be bold and to create um, or to get into, as he would say, good trouble. So, yeah, I think today was um, a phenomenal tribute to his life. Um, he's been celebrated all week um, with Lyon Lang State in the Alabama State Capitol, thanks to the good work of Congresswoman Sewell, Lyon State, um, and then the first black person in history to do so at the U.S. Capitol um, to serve 17 terms in Congress, to have Barack Obama deliver his eulogy to have 50 members of the United States House of Representatives and Senator Cory Booker and Senator Kamala Harris to attend the funeral today, I think speaks volumes about the type of person John Lewis was. Um, we know so often and people talk about it that he was the son of sharecroppers and the boy from Troy, which was, of course was a nickname given to him by Dr. King. Um, who preached the chickens and later became known as one of the greatest civil rights heroes and icons of our time. Um, he had everyone from, of course, um, Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is the pastor, the senior pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church, but is also a formidable candidate for the United States Senate in Georgia. He had Stacey Abrams and Keisha Lance Bottoms, um, all these people who could say in um, – you know, without hesitation that they are there because of John Lewis, the very same thing that Barack Obama said. And I think the very same thing that I can say today, 
Um, while I'm not an elected official, I certainly know that when times get really challenging, especially in the era we are right now, that things are far easier for us because John Lewis was bold enough to walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in the face of adversity um, on Bloody Sunday. And five months after Bloody Sunday, we know that the Voting Rights Act was passed. Um, I think it's important for people to understand, um, and we're going to do that on a special edition of my podcast, do an entire John Lewis tribute. It's important for people to understand that after John Lewis crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge, he uh, walked into a career of public service that I know that you worked on um, Julian Bond's 1986 congressional campaign, um, but John Lewis won that campaign and stayed in Congress. Um, for 17 terms um, since 1986. He was the dean of the CBC. He was um, not just a member of Congress that wore a member pin. He was approachable. He talked to interns, volunteers, people who cleaned the house office buildings, and people who voted in the Capitol, um, whether they were on his side of the aisle or not. He treated everyone the exact same. And some of our favorite memories were when we were upset and talking to Mr. Lewis about, you know, what was wrong and getting advice from him, he would um, often joke with us about how about you go ahead and give them a nonviolent slap. He would joke um, because, of course, you can't give anyone a nonviolent slap, but it always made us laugh. And some of the best times were um, we had CBC meetings every Wednesday, and on those Wednesdays, Congressman Lewis, um, would often come to the meeting when he knew it was over so that he could eat lunch with us, with the staff. <laughs> so um, that, those were great, great times. And um, I will never forget his advocacy, um, not only for voting rights in 1965, but throughout the duration of his career. Some of that I got to witness, I witnessed some of it I watched and learned about on documentaries. But whether we're talking about before Shelby County versus Holder in 2013, which gutted the Voting Rights Act or after what we know is Mr. Lewis um, was such a strong proponent for voting rights that they rightfully named um, H.R. 4, which was the Voting Rights Advancement Act. They renamed it to the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act um, through unanimous consent on the House floor on Monday night. And so I hope that, um, as President Obama said during his eulogy, that we honor him far more than just with the naming of the bill, but that we um, that our members of Congress um, have the the bold um, audacity to do something even larger in protecting voting rights for people all over the country who are still looking for that type of protection um, to ensure a more just, righteous, and fair democracy. So thanks, Daddy, for letting me share. Well, we certainly appreciate that. Before you go, I just want to see if my co-host has a question, a comment, oh. or a compliment for you. Oh, look, absolutely. <laughs> and we are so proud of you. You know this. And and you sort of you sort of mentioned it a little bit. I would love to vote for you for Congress. Oh, really no. state senator. I would love no. for you to represent our state here. But going back to what uh, uh, President Obama was saying, I've never seen him that powerful particularly when he was in office and when he talked about voter suppression, what do you think, particularly in light of the upcoming election and what number 45 was talking about, uh, not counting votes or having a re-election? Yeah, I think that um, we're watching the crumbling of democracy under this president. And it's 
really frustrating as we get closer to um, the general election to have um, a candidate on the ballot who is supposed to represent our interests, who is tiptoeing around what the truth is. And so I hope that um, Joe Biden, Vice President Biden, will listen to his former commander-in-chief and close friend at um, not only how to deliver a message, but to deliver real victories that um, our folks have earned, um, and especially around voter suppression, but beyond that, when we talk about racial justice and equity in this country, I hope that Joe Biden will take heed to some of the things that Barack Obama spoke to today and figure out how to get beyond um, what was accomplished during um, their tenure from 2008 to 2016 to determine what a real 2020 solution looks like. I am always happy to be on the strategy side of that conversation and to engage in the action around that, but my action will not be on the House or Senate floor. I am not interested in running for office. Amen. I was going to push that now. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm pushing Marilyn Strickland. Speaking of people running for office, um, I wish that I could vote for Marilyn for Congress in in District 10 in Washington. Um, Daddy, hopefully I'm not violating any fair uh, fair time rules for you on your radio program, but I do encourage people who are in um, that area um, in Congressional District 10 to support Marilyn Strickland. She is the real black person in the race. And I will leave it at that. Okay. Now, one other thing. Uh, yes, Dad. The, uh, with uh, John Lewis uh, 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 passing away, but for about two or three months, he got a chance to see Black Lives Matter. Do you yeah. think that he was joyful about seeing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Lewis, one of the last things he did in Washington, D.C. before he flew home to Atlanta was to go to the Black Lives Matter Plaza. And um, not only was he proud to stand there and to affirm the movement in that way, I know he was certainly proud of the young organizers who um, have enlarged in you know, many ways taken after um, his action orientation while he was the chairman of the president chairman of SNCC. Um, but I also believe that he's proud of the evolution, proud of their boldness. You know, when you're a legislator, your posture is a little different. You have to be a statesman. You have to be um, willing to compromise and negotiate. Your approach and your tactics may be a little bit different, but I think the end goals never changed. Daddy, you know, we don't always agree on the means, but we always agree on the end goal. And so I think that he definitely agrees with that. Yeah, because I have to remind people all the time, you know, um, being uh, in, in that risk category for COVID-19, I've been invited to speak at a couple of rallies and stuff, but I have to pass up. And, and let people know, but then I have to remind them that uh, down south during the, the, the efforts to uh, end segregation, it was the college students, the high school students of Bull Connor put middle school yeah. students in, in the fairgrounds in prison because the parents would have lost their job. So it, the yeah. our civil rights movement has always been led by young folks. By just look at how people. old Dr. King was when they appointed him to take the, the thing lead. That's good. The, the thing that's good about you is you've always encouraged, mentored, guided, supported, taught um, young people. And so I think that when when people look back over your track record, you've been consistent there. You haven't just mentored your kids. You've mentored a lot of other young people in the activism space. So thank you. 
Thank you. So I certainly appreciate your time. Is there anything else you'd like to say within the party? Because I know you have was back no, to back to back. No, I have to leave. I have to go. We're recording this special. But thank you, Dad, for the opportunity. Uh, when is the special? What's the special? When is it coming out? How can we promote it? Sunday. Sunday on my YouTube channel. Subscribe now, please. Angela Sunday Rye. on Angela Rye's YouTube. There's a special at what time? I don't know yet, but it, it'll drop Sunday. And so will the audio on my podcast, which is called On One with Angela Rye. All right. Thank you much, ladies. Okay. Sure proud of you. Love you, okay. Dad. Okay, mate. Thank you. Okay, Eric. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back. We march today for jobs and freedom. But we have nothing to be proud of. But hundreds and thousands of our brothers are not here. But they're receiving starvation wages or no wages at all. While we stand here, there are sharecroppers in the Delta of Mississippi who are out in the field working for less than $3 a day, 12 hours a day. While we stand here, there are students in jail on trumped-up charges. Our brother James Palmer, along with many others, is also in jail. We come here today with a great sense of misgiving. It is true that we support the administration's civil rights bill. We support it with great reservation, however. Unless, unless Tile 3 is put in this bill, there's nothing to protect the young children and old women who must face police dogs and fire hoses in the South. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. In its present form, this bill will not protect the citizen of Danville, Virginia, who must live in constant fear of a police state. 
It will not protect the hundreds and thousands of people. Okay, Eric. Thanks much. We're going to be hearing some John Lewis at every minute we get for this hour of the program because of our dedication to his life and what he was able to accomplish. Uh, our next guest is uh, Ms. Shade Moore, who is uh, chair of the Seattle Martin Luther King County Organizing Coalition. And she's also a member of the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority that is also known as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, named for the Reverend Dr. Sammy Barry McKinney, who was responsible for the building being erected to uh, perform services for the black community through the Seattle Opportunities Industrialization Center, also known as SOIC. And we get, Hayward and I get a lot of feedback from alumni of SOIC and their children, because it was like in the 60s and 70s and 80s that it thrived until Ronald Reagan defunded the Great Society programs. But that's another story. Uh, Shadi Moore, uh, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest once again. Uh, give our folks an update. The board is meeting and things are happening. And uh, uh, do, does the board have keys to the building yet? Hey, Eddie, thanks for having me on. Um, at this time right now, the board does not have keys. Um, and we are looking into pretty much everything and the historical nature of what's been going on at the facility. Um, we just had our second meeting um, with Representative Santos. Um, and it went really well. Um, and our meetings, um, you know, since then have been going, going extremely well. Um, and again, we're just trying to understand what's going on, the history, the proposals, who's involved, key players. And again, just um, get our feet and boots on the ground so that we can continue to press forward and get this thing going. Okay, that's great. I know that Hayward has done uh, quite a bit of work, and I know that uh, we compiled our efforts. We wanted to make sure the board was aware of where things were to date as far as our efforts went. So, uh, Hayward, you have a comment or question for, and I, I, have they had elections yet, or are you just the leader of the board, Chadi? Is that it? No elections yet. Um, again, we are still forming. Um, are you the I point guard, just, though? You're the point guard. I, I am interim supporting um, as far as comms and scheduling for the board, yes, um, as okay. a board member. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been giving that blessing from the remaining uh, board members, as well as Representative Santos. So it's definitely a privilege and an honor to be selected as, you know, someone to kind of just lead the charge until, again, we uh, formally organize ourselves. Well, that's great. Hey, would you, uh, you have a comment or question? Well, I know, Charday. you know, we're extremely proud of you. <laughs> you know this and all of the activities you've done in the community. Uh, there's a few groups out there who are on board now. What do you think about the possibility should they still be pursued or should we wait for the board to make a decision in terms of their priorities? Um, again, I mean, our, our central role is obviously to support the black community, to support, you know, the residents in the central district area, um, as well as those that have moved and have been um, migrated outside of the central district area. Um, from what we know, and again, like I say, you know, we are still trying to understand what has been going on. First and foremost with COVID, you know, everyone's safety is a priority. Um, we know that the facility obviously needs some TLC, um, and there is a lot of work that needs to go on and to take place in order for us to get it up and going. We also are aware that there are um, floors and spaces that are available for use at this time. However, I mean, it is, and again, I speak for myself and on behalf of the board due to conversations that we have had internally, 
that it is recommended that, you know, we continue to, um, I mean, we, we want the community, this is the community project, this is the community building, but we obviously want to be involved um, and we want to understand what's going on um, and we want to make sure that we service the community in a way to where um, those that have already seen the facility, those that have proposals in and or are looking to um, do projects out of the facility, do it in a way to where we're not blinding others. Um, and we, again, we want to be involved. We want to understand what's going on. We want to make sure that our people are involved. Um, but we want to do it in an organized, safe, and strategic manner. Oh, absolutely. You represent the leadership. That's exactly the way it should be. Uh, it should come about. I hope that answers your question, Hayward. Oh, no, 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 you did. You did. That, that's perfect. And that's why we've been saying everybody else, you know, it's going to wait till the board makes a determination. It's about the priority of the board right now, because that's in the best interest of the community. For right. you, tell me what your vision is right now. For the what my, uh, CDC what my vision is for the facility? Yes. Um, well, as you, as you, many of you already know, um, I am a senior data center security manager with Amazon Web Services. Um, I mean, with the work that I do for the Martin Luther King Jr. Organizing Coalition, as well as the volunteer work that I do, um, and what I would love to do as far as continuing to support uh, black and brown youth, um, and to kind of just open up leadership opportunities as well as STEM opportunities for those those individuals um, my hope is that again we could um, allow those spaces or some of those spaces again to go back uh, to the young folks right um, right now um, and again I don't take this lightly I am one of the you know um, the younger females on the board and I I appreciate that because I'm able to speak through you know a different type of generation that necessarily always does not get heard. Um, we have young folks out there that don't know the opportunities that are available, you know, in careers of tech. Um, and tech can mean many things, right? We talk about engineering, we talk about, you know, architecture, uh, design. Um, we talk about uh, nursing. Um, as you all know, um, electronics, um, Technology is, is a part of what the, you know, the new generation. So everything that we do moving forward is going to involve it. Um, but I also want to support those that may not necessarily have the bandwidth or the knowledge um, that they need in order to uh, utilize some of those, you know, those materials as far as like um, how to type and how to, you know, utilize various software. And, and again, what opportunities there are out there for, um, you know, various generations. So that's something that I hope um, to do. Um, I know that, you know, there are, are many other businesses and organizations that are looking to pretty much do the same. And as a member of the board, I can say that we are excited to be um, looking forward to partnering with them. Um, because again, we just want, again, as you know, more and more and more, um, you know, top businesses, top organizations in the Seattle area to give back where those opportunities were stripped and taken away from the community. Well, I love what you said because I know the Urban League with uh, Reverend Lawrence Willis has that uh, uh, construction pre-apprenticeship program 
going on now. And I think right. I think that's that's absolutely excellent. But we're very just very appreciative of you and your vision and what you've done for this community. I if if you will for me, I know you. Can you share with our listenership? I want them to know you. You are fabulous in my opinion. You guys always have me do this. <laughs> um, 30 mother um Amazonian um tech. I, I call you doctor more most of the time, doctor. soon and i'm hoping sooner than later right um unfortunately i had to take a break from summer um in order to kind of just get my feet on the ground with the board as well as some of my other obligations and some things that are getting ready to start uh here in the next month um i do not take the work that i do for the community lightly um it, it is a tremendous blessing to not only have been chosen to represent the community with the CDCPDA, um, but also with the organizing uh, coalition, um, formerly known as the Celebration Committee. Um, and it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's an honor. It's great. Um, I know we were mentioning it on the board yesterday. Um, something that I, I love about the folks that we have on the board is we all come from different backgrounds. Um, our uh, professional expertise, it varies, um, but we all have one goal. Um, and I like the fact that we are all very transparent. Um, we listen to one another. Um, and again, we're all eager to give this building back to the black community. Um, and to obviously to make sure that it's up and running and it's safe, right, to do so. Um, and again, we're excited to not only partner with um, other organizations, um, with our sister organization in, in Pioneer Square, um, but also for the love and support that has been given by Representative Santos and encouragement um, as she has helped us get off the ground. Well, Shadi, I just want to say that uh... Uh, you and uh, Bobby Alexander were down in Olympia, along with Ken Burke and others, Pastor Willis, lobbying uh, for the funds for this organization. And that's one of the things that the board will probably have to engage in because that was a supplemental budget. Next mm -hmm. year is the big money budget. And uh, I won't uh, say anything about the pro product projects or uh, people who are in our interests that we have from various individuals about utilizing the building. I'll wait for a more appropriate time. It'd be better if you did that announcement publicly than Hayward and I. But uh, so has the one last question. Has the property been transferred yet? Has the board been formally it has installed? Not. It has okay. not been. And we are working on that. Hopefully we can get some insight and um, lock in a few more things here um, by mid-August. Um, as you both know, I mean, it, it definitely is a process, right? But to be completely transparent, um, the board wants to ensure that whatever ownership we're taking over, um, that obviously we are all in the know um, and we, you know, have that, that history of what's been going on. Um, liability is extremely serious, right? And we want to make sure whatever we're taking over or whatever we're liable for, um, that we have all the pieces that we need in order to, to press mm -hmm. forward. 
Um, yeah, I think so Representative he, Santos had checked with the Attorney General on that. I'm sure she can bring you up to date on that. She's definitely doing that. Matter of fact, okay. at, at the conclusion of yesterday's meeting, and she's been on it ever since yesterday. She's actually been reaching out and getting all those questions answered for us. A lot of folks on the board have had all the same questions and concerns, and it's something that she has been more than happy to look into. Okay, well, we, I tell you what, as this progress goes, we'll have to have you on regularly because we want the community to be updated on a regular basis of what's been what's transpired. So, uh, Sade uh, Moore, President, not, I'm saying President already, but Chair of the Seattle Martin Luther King Organizing Coalition and a board member of the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority, a.k.a. the McKinney Center for Community and Economic uh, Development. Thank you much, and we'll talk to you soon because there's a lot of things going over at that facility. So thank you very much. Thank you both. Have a wonderful day. Okay, then. So, uh, Eric, we take a John Lewis break and uh, come back with Pastor Willis after this. $100,000 a year. We must have a good FEPC bill. My friend, let us not forget that we are involved in a serious social revolution. By and large, American politics is dominated by politicians who build their career on immoral compromises and align themselves with open form of political, economic, and social exploitation. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the Port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. On the path to good health and well being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Of course, we salute those. But what political leader can stand up and say my party is the party of principles? For the party of Kennedy is also the party of Eastland. All right now, uh, Hayward Evans and Eddie Ryback at Urban Forum Northwest. 
and our next guest is doing some fantastic things with people in the community and also getting more notoriety and more publicity than the whole bunch of folks that wish they were in his shoes right now. And that's not another Pastor Lawrence Willis. Uh, and I think he had to direct, was over the direct hire program for the Urban League of Metropolitan Seattle. He also is over the pre-apprenticeship program. And right now at the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development, the Public Development Authority, uh, he has a crew of apprentices and some journeymen from the Carpenters Union, and they're building tiny houses for people in need. So Pastor Willis, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest and give Hayward and I and our listeners an update on how things are going right now. All right. Good, good uh, afternoon, everyone. Um, it's just truly a blessing to uh, be on air, uh, be on air today. And thank you again, Eddie and Hayward, for the work that you're doing. Uh, but the project at SVI is is going uh, awesome. We have uh, enrolled in the class. We had nine students. Uh, they're learning uh, carpentry skills. But not only that, they're having lecturers from journeymen. Uh, carpenters, laborers, uh, sheet metal workers, and a ton of other trades that are excited to uh, come in and talk with the uh, young students. And these students are from ages 16 to 24, and they're, you know, from various backgrounds as young African-American men. And so we're just trying to mentor them to let them know that there's a better way that um, there are there is support out there. There are avenues in construction that they can make uh, good wages and benefits. Um, we do a little bit of uh, uh, financial literacy to help them manage their money, and also life skills training on how to uh, not only get a job but to keep a job. So we're excited about uh, what's going on with this project, and and the community is really uh, buying in and supporting. Uh, so we're, it's just it's just great uh, opportunity for young African-American young men and women uh, and people of color that want to get into the trades. Now, what is the process, Pastor Willis, for people getting into the program? I saw the young, young uh, folks over there putting together uh, the, the tiny houses. And also, uh, uh, I saw that uh, also Guy Ashley, I mentioned them in your promo, that uh, the guy was also uh, a Philip Randolph's too. They were also doing some work with the little houses. But uh, yeah. we, I, we really want to thank the Port of Seattle too for stepping up to the plate. Uh, they're starting to to, 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 uh, to do what they're supposed to do, although we got a couple of issues we're going to deal with a little later with them. But uh, why don't you just share with our listeners how people can go about getting in touch with you to get involved in the program? Because people are getting paid too to be there, right? Yes, yes. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up. You have the Port. Uh, Seattle is one of the funders for this project, as well as Walsh Construction. They've uh, contributed to the, the program a great deal as well. So I want to thank those two funders. But we have others that want to uh, really uh, support and, and uh, uh, donating tools and equipment and materials. And so it's just an uh, exciting time for what we're doing in construction. How they can uh, sign up, matter of fact, tomorrow Oh, at 11 o'clock, we're doing a enrollment and sign-up uh, for the class at 11 o'clock at 2120 South Jackson Street uh, from 11 o'clock, uh, I believe, to 1 o'clock on tomorrow. That's uh, July uh, 31st, tomorrow, 
at 11 o'clock, uh, 2120 South Jackson Street on the corner of 22nd and Jackson. They can enroll uh, uh, for the class and applications for the class, and they're able to talk to some navigators that are uh, doing outreach about what the Urban League is doing, but not only that, but for a priority hire and this construction project. So it's um, um, tomorrow is the day that they can get the information and sign up um, for the uh, course, Eddie. Well, I'd make sure, I'm going to make sure that Walsh Construction is added on that that uh, uh, Facebook post uh, to let people know that they are supportive of this endeavor. We don't want to leave any of our partners out. Uh, hey, uh, uh, you have any questions or comments? Yeah. Uh, Pastor Willis, do you have any problems getting in the building? No, no. Um, we were blessed to uh, work with Sharon Tomiko Santos and Department of Commerce and uh, with Seattle Colleges to gain access to the building. And so they've allowed us to use the parking lot and a part of the, the first floor uh, in the restroom so we can help accommodate the young men and women that are part of the, the uh, project so they have sanitary places to wash their hands and to use the restrooms. Not only that, but we're going to store some of the materials and um, um, be able to change clothes into our construction gear. So we want to thank uh, uh, the Department of Commerce and Sharon Tomiko Santos for allowing us to uh, uh, do this project in the building. And not well, let me that. let me let Hayward Evans in before you know, we have to go. Know, Pastor Willis, you know, I love what you're saying. I'm, I'm there with you 100%. And, you know, and for the young people out there who are listening or to their parents, this is about infrastructure development within the United States. A lot of people yeah. say, get your education, go to college. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. This prepares people to enter the construction trades. If you got a good trade, you can go anywhere you want around the earth it's not like you're you're stuck in a box so i totally totally 100 percent support it my question is going to go back to representative santos all that she's done but for the people who don't know you have the low-income housing institute you have the washington state labor council you have king county labor you have the coalition of black trade unionists you have a philip randolph all these people on board supporting you and the program what can we do to make sure we're getting our young people there? Because clearly this is an opportunity to get them to a true trade because, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're setting up a system to track their personal development within the industry. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So we have retention uh, to be a part of it as well. Um, they also will receive $15 an hour while going to school and receive their OSHA certificate and their flagging certificate. So we're all right, right there, Pastor Willis. You got to give your contact information because that resonated with a lot of people. So I would <laughs> like to have you give them your contact information about when the next class is. There's an email or phone number you can share, so these folks can uh, get in touch with you. Yes, my the email is lwillis at urbanleague.org. And the phone number is 206-953-7397. Again, okay. that's lwillis at urbanleague.org. Uh, phone number 206-953-7397. Well, Pastor Willis, thank you for your time today. Thank you for what you do for the community. Thank you for giving the young brothers and sisters 
a different uh, way to be able to buy a house in the central area eventually. Amen. And I also want to remind people that uh, a lot of our contractors came out of the building trades. And yeah. so when you journey into building trades, in a few years, you know the skills, you can start your own business. Because Hayward and I, others in the Civil Rights Coalition, are going to make sure there are opportunities That's for right. Black folks in business, because Black lives do matter. So Pastor Willis, thank That's you so right. much. And we'll keep you on frequently thank until you, you keep updating our people with some one of the positive things that's happening in the black community in Seattle. So thank you very much. All right. God bless. Okay, thank you now. All right, hey, before we go, I want to let folks know that uh, uh, Urban Forum Northwest is brought to you by Sound Transit, Small Business Development, Labor Compliance Office, the City of Seattle's uh, Purchasing and Construction Services Office, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office with me and Rice, Concourse Concessions with David Fukuhara, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, with Rod O'Neill and Jerry Whitson. Hopefully they'll go back to business there out of SeaTac. And then Stephanie Ogle does our media. And I also want to say that the condolences out to my friend, uh, Eli Mason, who passed away. He Ooh. battled cancer and he passed away in Atlanta uh, under the care. He was moved down there by his family. His sister had a care facility. So he was right there. And uh, his nephew, Elton Mason, called me and... Uh, <sighs> Well, I guess the last story they had is that Eli told Elton that uh, he was out at the dump at the, at the dump yard and nobody was there. And Elton said, uh, Eli, I think you're in the bed. But one of the last conversations he had was about that trucking. So I just yeah. wanted to share that with everyone. And uh, Hayward, I guess we'll keep people abreast of uh, the activities we're doing. It's good the board is there now. So we won't be releasing any information, uh, official information, but we will be encouraging you to go to the McKinney Center website, uh, which Stephanie will have the names of the board members. Uh, I need to get with Shadi to get their pictures. We're going to make sure that the community knows who's on that Central District Community Preservation Development Authority. And next week, we're going to spend some time and have Hayward Evans talking about uh, the MLK uh, Arts Contest that will be held because we can't do anything outside. Uh, we're going to have inside activities. So next week, hey, with about 10 minutes, Thank you. I want you to talk about the webs about the arts contest. Uh, I'll also be able to release the names of some of the judges. We got folks like Josephine Howell and Butch Harris and Dr. Quentin Morris and Stephanie Ogle and many and many more. So we'll talk to you again next week. Eric, just give me the signal.